0: Welcome to the Hell Yes Life podcast, where you'll hear inspiring stories and life lessons from amazing Hell Yes entrepreneurs who are running their for-purpose businesses and living their Hell Yes lives. I'm your host, Norman Bell. Hey there, Hell Yes Lifers. Welcome to another episode of the Hell Yes Life podcast. Happy February. Uh, I am actually recording. This is Norman Bell, by the way, your host, as you may know if you listen to the podcast. I'm actually recording this as I've done before, uh, this, this episode solo episode of the podcast from my mobile office, i.e. my uh, Nissan Leaf car, which I really appreciate the fact that as an electric car, that it can, it's not idling right now, but I can have the heat on. I've got a nice, warm, cozy seat as I sit here in the car. And I'm doing this actually uh, in, in transparency on Super Bowl Sunday in the morning. I'm trying to get this, uh, get a little bit of a, a jump on the week. I've got a busy week coming up, and I wanted to get this episode uh, recorded so please do not tell me what the uh the outcome of the game is. No, I'm just kidding of course. By the time this episode uh is live, I will have already known. And to be honest, I don't totally care, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs and the uh the 49ers. I mean, um I'm ai live here in Seattle, so I'm a Seahawks fan. So I'm tr- I'm actually trying to des- you know decide I'm going to look into as a Seahawks fan, should I be rooting against the 49ers. I think I I think I probably should be cuz that's in general how we feel about the 49ers up here. Or is it because they're in our division uh, or you know in you know the NFC like the Seahawks, should I be rooting for them against the Chiefs? Anyway, I'll look into that and one way or the other I hope we all have had a great uh, Super Bowl uh, weekend. And I, I just wanted to um, check in, so I'm going to be doing, a, this is a solo episode. I have loose plans to do a solo episode at the beginning of each month, followed by two or three guest episodes. And this month, as it kind of turns out, because of the, the guests that ha- um, have... Um, you know, that I I've been interviewing uh, one one I've already interviewed and one I'm interviewing this this coming week uh that uh, the theme for this month drum roll please is failure and falling in love with failure um you know with um with Valentine's Day right at the center of this month with February starting with F, I thought it might be nice to, to I'm not always going to do a theme, but hey, maybe the the theme for this month could be falling in love with failure. And what do I mean by that? Well, I think this is just a, a theme that's sort of up for me is, and I, I think I've talked about it on the podcast before about uh, fa- the power of no, both giving and receiving no's. And um, and actually the uh, um, our guest on the show next week, Andrea Waltz, wrote a a very popular sales book. It was actually written uh, 20 years ago, but it's it's uh, it's been a um, a continued favorite in the sales category on Amazon. It's called Go for No. And it's a short I actually listen to the I'm intending to listen to more audio books than reading books these days. I'm just enjoying uh, consuming books that way. And I listened to the audio uh, version of, of go for no. And, um, it's, uh, you know, it started off, I was kind of like, what is going on with this book? And then as it goes into it, it, uh, let's just say by the end of it, I was like, wow, that was really powerful. It's, it's actually a short story, uh, kind of a, um, a, a fable in, in a way, uh, that, um, that, that kind of uh, illustrates this this idea of going for no, and I won't I won't ruin it for you. I just recommend that you either read or or listen to the book. It's actually a very short book. I think it's about eighty pages, eighty to hundred pages or so. Um, you'll hear you'll hear us talk about uh, m- uh, more about go for no next week when I interview Andrea, and you'll also hear us talk about the benefits of writing a short book a short book, which is something that I'm starting to think about now. Um, You know, I I don't know if if there's any of you that are out there that are thinking about writing books and you think, oh, it's got to be 200, 300 pages. I've got to have all my ducks in a row and have a real solid idea of, you know, it's got to be a masterpiece, et cetera. Um, Well, what if you wrote a short book? Because a short book, guess what? It's still a book. And uh, I'm rambling a little bit here, but... I realized that when I interviewed John Lee Dumas uh, in one of the early episodes of this podcast, John Lee Dumas, the host of the um, uh, Entrepreneurs on Fire podcast, one of the top entrepreneur podcasts uh, on iTunes and everywhere else. You know, I had he he uh, responded to me and said he had 15 minutes to uh, for for an interview. And I was like, great. Oh, that's awesome. I'll take that. And um Uh, I guess in my mind a little bit, I was thinking like, well, it's 15 minutes. Okay. You know, I guess that's uh, an interview, but no, that is still an interview. A 15 minute interview is an interview. A short interview is still an interview. I still get to say I interviewed John Lee Dumas and episode, I think it's episode 18. If you want to check that, that interview out, that episode out. Um, uh, so a short book is still a book and a short interview is still a short interview. So anyway, I, this theme of, of, um, of failure and rejection and um, these things that we kind of put in our own way. It's almost like we say no uh, to ourselves before we ever give anybody else a chance to answer yes or no to us one way or the other. I, I can remember when <clears throat> I was in kindergarten and I was in Mrs. Moulton's class and I was writing with a pencil. I had like my whole hand gripped around the pencil, and I was writing uh, like that. Just, I, I don't remember if I was trying to write letters or co- uh, coloring or something like that. And she um, came along and I, I don't think she was mean about it. She just uh, she just took the pencil and she took my hand and she said, oh, when we, um, you know, when we write, we write like this. And, you know, if you can if picture the, the way that we're supposed to hold a pencil when we write. And she she kind of crafted my hand like that. And um, and I just lost it. I just burst into tears <laughs> and I was like, no. Nah! You know, and I, I just have that as a um, an early memory of how sensitive I was to criticism, to uh, even constructive criticism like that. That was just a, um, a simple uh, suggestion from my, from my teacher. But, um, you know, I, I consider myself an artist at heart. And so I think I have a kind of artistic sensibility. And uh, so as as an artist, I think this is something that a lot of artists struggle with is um, that, uh, you know, that artistic temperament and and being sensitive to criticism. So I think that that beyond whether you're an artist or not, though, it's a universal theme to struggle with criticism and to have fear of rejection and failure. And, and so ironically to live a hell yes life, I think one component of living a hell yes life is, uh, well, let's just say this is something that I'm exploring and, and you get to decide what your hell yes life is. So you get to decide whether this resonates with you or not. But for me, I find myself, um, you know, exploring this idea of of becoming more comfortable with no, <laughs> you know, going for no, um, you know, falling in love with failure and uh pushing my boundaries, pushing my comfort zone and um you know, welcoming that with open arms. And that that will lead to a bigger, bolder, hell yes life than than I might lead otherwise. In, in improv, um, I also come from the theater world and, uh, have done a lot of improv classes and so forth. Um, there's something called the failure bow, right? And improv, improv is a great, um, a great activity. I'm just thinking of it myself now, like maybe I should go be doing some improv now, um, that improv is a great uh, activity to take part in because it's all about failure. It's all about not being perfect. It's all about some things are going to work and some things aren't going to work and just, just throw it out there and it's okay. It doesn't have to be perfect. And if you fail, take your failure bow, you know, it's like I failed and you can kind of, um, proudly take, take your bow. I'm thinking of another story of, um, Another time in my life when I was in college, oh, and this is just hard to think about, but um, I was uh, I, I was in a stand-up comedy class um, with a guy named Stu Stewart. I remember if I, I don't know if he's still out there somewhere, uh, and and it was a um, I think it was like an experimental college class, sort of like a an extracurricular class. And we met once a week and, you know, I don't remember exactly what we covered in the class. But what I do remember is at the end of the class, we had a, a performance where we went to a um, it was actually a, it was like a, a nightclub for recovering alcoholics. And um, and so we went to the nightclub and I mean, long story short. I, I went up there, I remember I had a joke about McDonald's, something about the architecture in the different McDonald's, you ever notice how in McDonald's they've got this really fancy architecture with the, oh, I forget exactly how it went, but I, whatever it was, I get, I delivered this line that I thought was, was going to be the real laugh line, and it was just crickets. <laughs> and, um, and and I don't mean to say this in any kind of a, a offensive way as as someone who I'm also in recovery and and do a lot of personal development work, but I think at the time I was thinking like, man, do these guys need a drink or what? Um, so so I totally bombed at that performance, and then I thought, okay, that was just an aberration. You know, like I I know I'm a funny guy, I I can totally do this, and so I signed up the the following spring for a. Um, uh, a competition on, uh, the college campus, like a, a comedy competition. I think it was a, a competition. I don't know if it was actually like, did they pick, you know, first place, second place, the kind of thing, or if it was just a showcase. In any case, I signed up for it, thought, no, oh, this time I have really got a great set of jokes here. Uh, oh, something, there was something about, oh God, ah, it's painful to think. something about me and my friend Duke Hobson riding around playing chips um, I, you'd have to be of a certain age to know uh, uh, you know what chips is but you know chips from the 1970s Eric Estrada and I forget the other guy's name uh, riding around as uh, um, you know motorcycle cops in California and uh, and my joke was something about like I, I don't know I, at some point I was like and we would ride around on our bikes going woo woo and uh, and again, I think i I, I was thinking this was going to be really funny. And I again, it was just crickets. And it was like, uh, what was what was really bad about this one was like, I the the person right before me just killed it, you know, they were just hilarious. And then I come out with this joke and it's crickets again. And I remember looking down and the the um the woman that I was dating at the time was sitting in the front row and I could see her sinking in her seat as my jokes uh, were uh, continued to bomb. <laughs> and that was it. That was it. After that I was I never I have never gotten back on a stage to do stand-up comedy. Now I've done Plenty of other things on stage. I've done theater. I've done. Uh, I did a solo performance where I played um, eleven different characters, and there was um, definitely humor in that. And there's definitely been humor in my other performances. Um, but I've never gotten back up to do stand-up comedy, and I've thought to myself, uh, I'll, I'll, "That's that. That was it for me. You know, like I'm not meant to do that." <clears throat> and that is. That is definitely possible that that's the case, but it's in thinking about this failure and rejection thing, uh, this past few weeks, I've started to think a little bit about, <laughs> it just makes me cringe to think about it, um, but it, I, I've started to think about challenging that idea that I I can't do that, that I can't do stand-up comedy. And I know somebody in <clears throat> my Toastmasters group that did a stand-up comedy class, and I was talking to somebody else about, hey, maybe we could do that. Uh, so stay tuned about that. Stay tuned about... Um, uh, my return to the stand-up comedy stage because look, if you're um, Chris Rock or if you're um, uh, Jerry Seinfeld or I was thinking of Andy Kaufman. If you ever, um, if you know who that is, you know he was on Taxi and Andy Kaufman. He was a famous uh, stand-up uh, uh, comedian who who just did bizarre things on stage. I, I can't even remember what he, what he would do, but he would basically go up there and and the crowd would be completely perplexed with what he was doing. And uh, I think he did get booed off stage sometimes and he he would just stay up there and keep doing what he was doing. Like he would just, he would thrive on that almost. Um, now I'm not necessarily saying that we need to be antagonistic, <laughs> um, but But maybe we can edge in that direction. I mean, put Andy Kaufman aside, like Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Rock, people like that, Eddie Murphy, whoever. Like, they didn't stop doing stand-up comedy after the second time they bombed on stage. They, they. um, I think it was Chris Rock that I was saying, uh, listening to, who was saying like they they just go into these, you know, when they're trying out new material, they go into these. underground clubs and they will just try out their material almost like a scientist. You know, it's just like, okay, what, what got a laugh there? What didn't work? Okay. I'm going to tweak this. I'm going to try it again. And they just, um, they tweak it to perfection. And that's, um, I think that's, that's the attitude that I would like to take in these different things that I'm doing. It's, it's not do or die. It's not your heart on the line. It's having a bit of detachment and um at kind of the sci- the scientific,, you know, this is an experiment, and I'm um, I'm just seeing what works and what doesn't work. Okay, we've had a bit of a time warp here. Um, I, I know this was just a few seconds for you, but it's actually been. Uh, about 24 hours for me. It is now Monday uh, the 3rd. And I know I was just talking about, you know, I was recording uh, the morning of Super Bowl Sunday. Well, now it's the Monday after. And I have seen the game. Hopefully you have too, if you're interested in that kind of thing at all. And um, I'm about, you know, if you haven't watched the game, if for some reason you've tivo the game or whatever it is that you do these days to save a game to watch for later, uh, and you don't want to know the results of the Super Bowl, then spoiler ahead, spoiler ahead, uh, you know, pause uh, pause the, um, uh, the recording now. But assuming that you uh, are already aware of who won the Super Bowl, then let's continue. Okay, I was giving you a break there. Okay, so... Um, so yeah, so the so Kansas City pulls it out yesterday. Now I I want to I, I don't want to portray myself as like a major sports fan because I have you know kind of a theater and film background, and yet I have this kind of growing love and interest in in uh, football, uh, which is a little bit of a surprise for me, but. Um, uh, you know, I've, I follow the Seahawks. I'm here in Seattle and and I'm a Seahawks fan. You know, I'm not going to be one of those rabid people that dresses up in um, face paint and everything and, and has season tickets. But uh, but I certainly enjoy uh, watching a good Seahawks game. And I really, really admire Russell Wilson. And now I'm finding that it's branching out beyond just the Seahawks. And I am you know, as long as I can find a team to root for or root against, as the case may be. Um, I can, you know, enjoy watching a football game. And let me tell you, I enjoyed watching the Super Bowl yesterday. Um, and we'll just leave the halftime show out of it completely. Uh, you know, Jennifer J-Lo and, and uh, Shakira did great. Um, y- you know, I, I just don't want to go into it. But, yeah, great job. Uh, uh, very impressive and, and uh, amazing performances. Um, I, I'm nearly JLo's age and I would be, it would be a shame to watch me try to do something (laughs) like that. Anyway, let's just move on. Um, so what I wanted to say in relation to what we've, what we've been talking about here, this theme of rejection and failure is this, um, this uh, characteristic that uh, the quarterback for the uh, Kansas city chiefs has, and our quarterback, Russell Wilson also has, um, which is this ability to bounce back and uh, really to kind of um, have a, a somewhat detached view, detached in a positive way, not detached, like completely emotionless, but just not whipped around by circumstances. And, um, and I was listening to a, uh, a, again, I don't do this that often, but I was listening, I was just wanting to hear a little bit about people cooing about the game yesterday. And so I was listening to a sports radio show this morning, and and they were talking about how both Patrick Mahomes, uh, the quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs, and Russell Wilson have some baseball in their background. And they were saying that, you know, that maybe this characteristic of, as, as, as the... Um, uh, the person on the radio show put it to be able to uh, press Control Alt Delete and sort of reset each time they're at bat, each time they're they have another opportunity to score a touchdown, etc. Um, is is something that 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 you know b- being in baseball that they, they may have had more of a chance to cultivate, right? Because it's just built into the um the process of being a baseball player right each time you're at bat you either hit the ball or you strike out and then you know once your time at bat is over you reset and uh you know you have another chance to do that uh when you come up and and the idea is that you When you come up to bat at bat or let's say in the football game, it's it's the offense's turn once again, opportunity to get a touchdown that it's tabula rasa. Right. You wipe the slate clean and past as prologue and you go forward um, as if it's the very beginning once again. And Patrick Mahomes yesterday going into the fourth quarter, uh, Kansas City Chiefs are down. Uh, I think it was 20, 20 to 10, and uh, 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 you know, it, it, basically the momentum of the game was feeling like, and I think the 49ers felt this too, that uh, the 49ers were were winning. They're go- they're going to win the game. They just needed to to cinch it up. But you know, Patrick Mahomes, like Russell Wilson, has a um, a reputation for uh, playing well under pressure in this kind of a situation, and I think it's um, It's this ability to not get too high and not get too low and to never give up and to always believe that um, that a win is possible. Right. So how does this relate to what we're talking about with uh, rejection I, I think it can be this, right, that passes prologue, like each time you uh, have an at-bat, whether that's a phone call you need to make to a prospect, whether that's um, a webinar that you're doing and you're hoping to uh, get some sales out of it, uh, etc. Whatever whatever that is for you, a public speaking performance that you're hoping to knock out of the park, Um you know, uh, a podcast episode that you're hoping to get to a certain number of listeners, whatever it is, uh, that each time is a time at bat. It's a tie. It's one opportunity, and whether that goes well or whether that doesn't go well, um, you'll have another time at bat, and that it can you can start again basically, and press Control Alt Delete, and that it doesn't have to be that. Oh, I've gotten a hundred no's today, so this one's definitely going to be a no. Uh, No, you you can just, um, you know, just keep starting again. Keep starting again. I think you get I think you get the point here. And I I was impressed to see that in Patrick Mahomes yesterday. I've been impressed over and over again to see it in in Russell Wilson. And uh, yeah, this is sort of like, you know, I am I'm not a Buddhist, but I do meditate. And I think uh, this is something, you know, kind of a growing edge for me along with, you know, in line with this rejection thing is, um, you know, having a little bit of healthy detachment from uh, the, uh, the ups and downs of life. I don't know about you, but I can get pretty whipped around by life. Even this morning, I woke up and for about 30 seconds, I got whipped around by the fact that I realized... That, you know, we, we put our, we have two cats and I, uh, uh, I have a, uh, an office upstairs, but at night it doubles as the room that we put the cats in. We just can't let them roam around the house. They'll keep us up. So we put them in this room. It's a nice, big, spacious room. I think of it as sort of like their suite, uh, their upst- uh, you know, uh, upstairs suite. Um, but uh, I left my computer cord in there because I had been working in there a little bit last night. And I, uh, I realized that this morning I went up there and sure enough, you know, they're little, they're cats. They thought it was a little black snake or something and they chewed the he- heck out of my cord. And, um, and I lost it for about 30 seconds. I was like, Grr! cause this had, this had already happened like, uh, a, less than a month ago, this happened. Uh, so I kind of lost it. And then I realized that I had lost it. And I was just like, okay, I've lost my serenity here a little bit. Let me come back to baseline. I went online, went to Amazon. I can be very grateful for the fact that I can press a button and pay a little extra money actually, and have have a new cord delivered to me by the end of the day today. So that's, that's a pretty, uh, you know, again, just to, you know, what does it take to come back to baseline for you? Right? So like, what, uh, you know, that wasn't a, a rejection, but it was like a, 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 um, a frustration. Um, just think about those things. So, okay. So here's, here's the action. Here's kind of like the, um, you know, just, uh, an encouraged action going into this month where on, on the podcast, you're going to be listening to me talking to, um, uh, guests that, uh, you know, around this theme of failure and rejection. You're going to hear from Andrea Waltz, the author of Go For No. Um, there's another, I don't actually want to mention the name of the, the other guest uh, just yet because I haven't had the interview. Sometimes interviews fall through, but there's another um, uh, interview that I have scheduled with someone around failure. So we're going to be talking about, you know, in a healthy way, how can we health- in a healthy way approach these topics of rejection and failure? And um, I want you to be thinking this month about how can you push yourself just a little bit not too much because if we push ourselves too much and then we don't get there then it's like oh never mind you know just you know that that's the uh, the uh, all or nothing thinking of of our human minds right it's okay but um, how can we push ourselves a little bit so this this month I'm gonna push myself um, to uh, to get let's say, two or three, this is what Andrea Walt says in the interview that I had with her is like, what just start with two or three no's, two or three no's per week. Right. And so I'm going to, I'm going to aim to get at least two or three no's. I have a few things that I'm going to start going to be starting to talk about with people to get them on board to, uh, you know, see if they want to, I, I have, a, I have, a, a, again, I think I mentioned this in the, um, uh, the, the January episode that I have a retreat coming up. So I'm going to be starting to talk about that. Hey, I'm going to be starting to talk about that with you guys in the next month or two. But I'm going to start talking about it first with people I know, people I'm connected with, uh, giving them an opportunity to uh, jump on the bandwagon early for this. And I know I'm going to get some no's. I know that not everybody's going to be up for this, but I, I want to give them the opportunity to say no and not say no before I even reach out to get a yes or no, if that makes sense. Because if I don't reach out, then, um, I'm already saying no myself. To to the uh, the service or the the offering that I'm I'm putting out there, you get what I'm trying to say. So try to get a few no's this this month, and uh, with with whatever you're offering, whatever your hell yes business offers to people, just push yourself a little bit more this month than you might usually. And if you care to. Um, send me an email about it. Uh, It's Norman at hellyeslife.com. And let me know how it went for you. Like if you, if you pushed yourself a little bit out of your comfort zone, um, you went for no. Okay. That's the idea here with go for no is that you're actually not trying to get a yes. You're trying to get a certain number of no's. And when you um, go for no, Yes is sort of a byproduct of that, so it's not like we're oh I hope I get to yes oh no I got another no, it's hey I got five no's sweet um, I've only got five more no's to get this week and then um, you know yes a yes may come along the way there, uh, but uh, you're not you're not as focused on trying to get the yes it's just a byproduct of making your way through the notes. does that make sense so let me know how this, this might work for you. Um, you'll hear more from Andrea Waltz, uh, next week, a- about this, this concept and, um, uh, hopefully it will, will help you in your, your business this, this month. So, okay. I think that's it for now. I, uh, always like to, re- it's funny. We talk about no for this whole episode and now I want to say hell yes, because this is the idea, right? That, that to get to hell yes, um, the, the road is paved with no's and, and it's okay. No, 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 no. Hell yes. Okay. So uh, on the count of three, we're going to say hell yes together. Are you ready? One, two, three. Hell yes. All right. Well, have a great, um, have a great day. Have a great week. And we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the hell yes life podcast. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite RSS feed. If you like the show, please leave a rating and review. And if you want to stay connected, visit hellyeslife.com and sign up for the e-newsletter and private Facebook group. Again, I'm Norman Bell. Thanks for joining me. Now let's get out there and live a hell yes life.